in our third session now on Philippians 3, 18 to 21, we move beyond enemies of the cross of Christ, which we'll come back to next time, into verse 19 to ask, what is it about these people that brings their end to destruction, which we saw last time was the wrath of God and eternal hell? Many of whom I have often told you, and now tell you even with tears, which we saw makes a lot more sense when we understand the the weight of this word right here. Many walk as enemies of the cross of Christ. We want to see in what sense that is, but we need to know what marks them here for this to make sense. They're enemies of the cross of Christ. Their end is destruction. That was our focus last time. Now, in this session, we're focusing right here, these three things. Their God is their belly. They glory in their shame with minds set on earthly things, as opposed to Christians whose very being and characteristics and charter and life is in heaven. So, Father, as we try to understand these people who are going to end in destruction and who are enemies of the cross, grant insight into these three descriptions of their lives. And may this description cause us to spot any evidences of these things in us, and be done with them by the power of the Holy Spirit. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So here's the verse by itself. Their end is destruction. Their God is their belly. They glory in their shame with mindset on earthly things. Now, what I do when I see three phrases like that, I want to know f- first, what does each mean? And I, know, I want to know, second, how they relate to each other. That is, what kind of, is there a sequence here? Is there a cause of one toward the other? And, and those, are, those questions interrelate. As you try to define each one, their relationships shed light on the definition, and the definition shed light on the relationship. So you can't say it's just, I'll do this one first and I'll do that one second, but you have to start somewhere. So let's start by trying to define what these mean. So um, I'll write it like this. Uh, Belly equal God. And then I'll put uh, shame equal their glory. And then I'll put uh, world equal their mindset. I look at that and I try to think, okay, now what what is first meant by this? Belly is probably standing for more than the stomach. So I'm going to suggest uh, appetites. You could put desires. 
I would say it's 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 everything. Every every kind of appetite that's not godly. And then I would put authority. Maybe treasure. When we think of what what is God to us, God has absolute authority in our lives. That's the meaning of God. God is our highest treasure. So I'm suggesting that their God is their belly means they are ruled, appetite, ruled here by their appetites, or their their greatest treasure is satisfying their appetites. Then I'm going to go to shame. And the word shame means that there are, there are acts that uh, are known to be, by most people, and maybe these people formerly, known to be disgraceful or dishonorable. And glory would be they are... They're they're praising them. They think they're great. This is, this is the mark of our, our strength and our, our beauty. We are, we are boasting in these things now. We used to think they were shameful. Now we think doing them is what makes us special and marvelous and avant-garde and better, glorious. And everybody knows they're shameful. And then world here is just everything that is non-God. I would say it's just it's a non-God perspective, and uh, the world is the magnet of their mind. When their mind goes into neutral, oops, mind, not mean, mind. When their mind goes into neutral here, it's just, pung, it's just, pung. <laughs> can you see me jerking that over there? It's like a magnet that just zips over to the world and fastens on the latest video and the latest technology. And it's just, God has got to get out of the picture because he just gets in the way of, of all that the world is offering for the, the preoccupation of this mindset. Okay, so that's my best effort to think. I just start putting in my own words what these may stand for. And if you have time, you can look them all up in other places. Where is belly used? Where is shame used? Where is world used? And, and, and you can fill this out. And then I ask about relationships. And here's what I noticed. Seems to me that the fact that he would use the word God here and the word glory here suggests that uh, the belly has become their God and this has become their worship. God has to be worshipped, right? And the way they worship is that this God demands these behaviors, these appetites, these sexual appetites, say, or, or this, this appetite for overeating or um, appetite for the, the attention and approval of other people are demanding disgraceful behaviors. But you can't call them disgraceful because that would be blasphemy to your God, right? So you have to glory in them. 
So when, it, when, when your God ceases to be God and becomes the appetite, then worship becomes the uh, praise of the wicked behaviors that the God is demanding to satisfy the appetites. That's my understanding of what's going on here. So the belly is God. It, it demands behaviors that are shameful, whether it's eating a whole pack of Oreo cookies or whether it's um, homosexual behavior or, or fornication or whether it's utter ridiculous self-exaltation at the office that desperately tries to get other people to praise you or whatever is shameful. It's going to be your glory now and you're going to boast in it because you can't blaspheme this God. Now, how does this relate? I'm not sure how Paul is thinking, why he would put it last. But here's my suggestion and perhaps. Uh, This is life focus, right? The life focus is the world. The mind, the mindset is the world. And what I'm going to suggest is that when God drops out of your life and when your life is focused utterly on the world and, and God has to be removed from it, there's a void that's got to be filled because we're made for God. It's filled with appetites and belly and worship has to be made up. And the worship becomes our glorying in the kind of behaviors that the, the new God demands. And therefore, I'm suggesting that, that this, this focus here was how it, all, how it all started. God goes away out of this picture. We are utterly ravished by the world. The world has no God in it. You've got to have a God. The God becomes your belly. A new worship emerges. And you are therefore going to hell. This kind of person goes to hell. Isn't it remarkable over here in Second Thessalonians 1, 7? The Lord Jesus will be revealed from heaven with his mighty angels in flaming fire. Inflicting vengeance on those who do not know God. God has dropped out of their lives and they are denying him by their behavior, if not their minds. And on those who do not obey the gospel, who cares about the gospel, we have the world as our God, they will suffer the punishment of eternal destruction. And then he defines it like this, away, away from the presence of the Lord and the glory of his might. You, you have chosen a new glory for yourself a new Lord for yourself, and therefore you will have it forever. Only it will be shown to be your shame. And all that you thought was a new God with wonderful payoff in the satisfactions of the belly is going to be reversed and it will be called destruction. So that's why these people are going to end up in destruction. And the question left for us is, in what sense then are they enemies of the cross? And who are they anyway? Are they the dogs of verse 2? Are they people who are boasting in religious rigor? Or 
are they some other group? That's next time.